Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You are listening to the Mother of All Talk Shows podcast with George Galloway. Scott Ritter is a man that I have known for uh, well over 20 years. Uh, I have the highest opinion of his military knowledge. He was an intelligence officer in the United States Marine Corps. He was a distinguished arms expert and disarmament officer of the United Nations disarmament operation in Iraq. He's a man that told the truth about Iraq. He's a man that's telling the truth about the Russia-Ukraine affair. And he's paid a very high price for both of these things. It's always a pleasure and a privilege to have him here on the Mother of All talk show. Scott Ritter, I welcome you again on behalf, I think, of all of our uh, viewers. Uh, We wait to hear your take on the developments in the war. I generally let you just speak, but I have a question for you. Uh, Ursula von der Leyen uh, made a crucial slip-up in a video recently in which she revealed that the Ukrainian armed forces had lost dead 100,000 soldiers. So alarming uh, was this that she quickly put out a second video without the number. But no one denies the number. The EU refuses to deny the number. If it's a true number, 100,000 dead soldiers in 10 months must mean, by rubric that I've heard you express before, 200 to 300,000 wounded and maimed soldiers, making the best part of half a million casualties in 10 months of a war that we keep getting told Ukraine is winning. Your comments, please. Well, first of all, let's talk about the numbers that uh, the distinguished um, head of the European Commission put out there. Um, I think that they are wrong numbers. I think they're low. Um, I think they're numbers that are reflective of the official uh, dialogue that takes place between the Ukrainian government and their European, NATO, and American allies. Um, But we have to remember that Ukraine is one of the most corrupt nations on the planet. Uh, there's a petition that has been signed by uh, Ukrainian wives and uh, mothers uh, that are asking for the status of upwards of 320,000 men. Uh, they want to know where they've gone, what's happened to them, why aren't they riding home, why aren't they phoning home. Um, these are missing. Um, that's a lot larger number. And I, I think the wounded also are... Uh, significantly larger. I think the Ukrainians are suppressing 
uh, the truth of the losses. They're horrendous. I mean, 100,000 is mind blowing, but you know, I'm, I'm here to tell you right now, I think the, the number is probably closer to a quarter million. Um, and then you can extrapolate the wounded. Uh, and it's only going to get worse uh, as this war unfolds, as Russian uh, reinforcements arrive, as Russia begins uh, significant offensive combat operations against a Ukrainian military that has been significantly degraded over the last cor- couple of months. Um, I use as a historical analogy uh, you know, the, the destruction of uh, Army Group Center. That's the destruction of a German army group. Um, in, on the Soviet front in the summer of 1944. But we can also liken it to uh, Operation Cobra, where uh, the Americans and the British broke out of the Normandy uh, bridgehead and drove the Germans back in pell-mell defeat. Uh, it was a slaughter of German troops on both sides. And I'm fearful for the Ukrainian people that we're going to see a similar slaughter of Ukrainian troops in the not-so-distant future. Well, these numbers are, uh, I was going to say Second World War, type numbers, but actually they're closer to First World War casualty figures, aren't they? Well, I mean, Second World War had um, battles that produced significant losses, but you're right. Uh, you know, we're looking at some some battles right now that, uh, you know, upwards of a thousand men are dying a day, and that's World War One type numbers. Um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, they're dying in trench warfare. They're dying under artillery bombardment. Uh, there are Ukrainian soldiers that are going to the front thinking that they're going to close with and engage the Russian enemy in close combat. And they uh, they spend their entire tour um, under artillery fire, never once seeing the Russians uh, and seeing upwards of 60 to 70 percent of their unit uh, killed or wounded before they're eventually withdrawn, totally demoralized uh, to in an effort to regroup. Uh, and that's World War One type uh, type combat. The, we keep learning that inventories uh, of armaments in the NATO countries are, uh, are, are at rock bottom. Uh, some countries refuse to give requested uh, military aid to Ukraine because that would leave them literally defenseless without uh, weapons to defend their own country. The Financial Times of all people this week said that uh, one of the least predicted outcomes of the war so far is that the Russians have demilitarized NATO by forcing them to uh, expend almost all of the weapons inventory that they had. What are the Ukrainians doing with these weapons? Uh, They're dying. They're receiving these weapons. They go into combat and uh, these weapons get destroyed. Uh, the men manning the weapons get killed. Uh, in the case of the artillery pieces, uh, the Ukrainians, um, you know, fire off as many rounds as they can. And, you know, during the Gulf War, uh, the United States military, this is 1991, we fired 60,000 rounds of artillery for the entire conflict. Uh, the Ukrainian military is firing upwards of 20,000 rounds a day. Uh, when when we provide them with NATO standard 155 millimeter artillery pieces like the M777, the M109, and others, um, they use this, this NATO standard ammunition. Um, but NATO didn't hasn't planned for expenditures of this rate. I mean, I don't know what NATO has been doing for the last 20 years, but they obviously haven't been planning 
for a large-scale ground conflict in Europe, despite um, articulating that Russia was somehow the threat worthy of uh, the enlargement of NATO. Um, the United States produces around a quarter of a million 155 millimeter rounds per year. Um, many, much of that's used for training, and the rest of it's used to keep stocks up to date as they retire um, expired ammunition. Uh, when you provide the Ukrainians with, say, a quarter of a million rounds of ammunition, uh, we might think that that's going to last several months. Um, the, the reality is it lasts two weeks, and then the Ukrainians need more. And after a while, we don't have any more to give. Uh, the, there's some talk in the media that uh, the British Army, um, which, by the way, I just want to make the following point. The World Cup is going on right now, and you have many stadiums that can seat, you know, 100, 110 plus thousand people. You could put the entire British Army in a soccer stadium and still have about 40,000 seats free. So the British Army, as small as it is, um, will run out of ammunition in two days in a large ground combat, two days. The American Army would probably run out of ammunition in two weeks. NATO, this this is war losing numbers, um, meaning that if NATO were ever to engage in a conflict with a, uh, an enemy like Russia um, and you run out of ammunition against an enemy that uses artillery to dominate the battlefield, it's game, set, match Moscow from the start. Um, NATO is never able to fight uh, Russia in its modern configuration, its post-Cold War configuration. NATO isn't organized, equipped, or trained to fight Russia, but now they don't have the logistic sustainability to do it even in a fantasy scenario. So um, what this is doing, I think this war is actually doing NATO a favor because it's allowing NATO to understand that if it goes to war, it will lose. It will lose decisively. So maybe don't go to war. This is the thought that should be in the head of everybody who wears a uniform in NATO today, that we should tell our diplomats to stop talking about aggressive posturing towards Russia, because the last thing NATO wants, needs, or even can survive in is a meaningful conflict with Russia. I'll come to the politicians in a minute, uh, but I, I, one of the reasons why I asked you that question, and thanks for that uh, incredible, powerful answer, is that President Buhari of Nigeria says that there's evidence in his possession that weapons that were given to Ukraine are showing up in the Chad Basin in the hands of uh, Islamist uh, throat-cutting madmen uh, of uh, the likes of Boko Haram and other Islamist groups uh, who are to be found in that Chad uh, Basin. And if uh, the president of Nigeria is correct, then it would seem that the oft-predicted leakage of the weaponry that's being sent to Ukraine is beginning to happen, first in Africa, but maybe uh, ultimately to uh, a bank hold up near us. No, you're 100% correct. Um, that which many people, including you and myself, have been uh, fearfully predicting is becoming reality. The <laughs> I don't know what the United States, Europe, NATO, and everybody who's been providing weapons to Ukraine was thinking when you hand over without any formal uh, accounting mechanism in place, um, massive quantities 
of weaponry. Now, you know, tanks, armored fighting vehicles, artillery pieces, these aren't weapons that are easily transported across borders. Javelin missiles, in-law missiles, stinger missiles, machine guns, ammunition, grenades, landmines, uh, portable um, suicide drones, these are. And these weapons have been turned over to the most corrupt nation state in Europe, Ukraine, at a time when the rule of law has ceased to exist. So the corruption has no checks and balance right now. This Ukrainian military is a military that has been taken over by criminal elements. The Azov Battalion, the Idar Battalion, the Safari Unit, the, the Kraken Battalion. We can go on and on. Tens of thousands, even more, of these neo-Nazi white supremacist criminal elements whose links aren't to normal governments, but to the underworld, to the black market, to the criminal element. And these are corrupt people who recognize the opportunity they've been given because of the careless behavior of the West to take this man-transportable, this easily transportable um, free money, and instead of using it as it was intended to fight the Russians, to have it filter back, and now it's appearing on the markets in Africa, it's appearing on the markets in Europe, it's going to appear on every market in the world, and the world has only the United States, NATO, the European Union to blame. We could have instituted a system of accounting, as is normally done when you're dealing with weapons of this lethality. You account for them. Every time they're expended, officers write a report, it goes back to logistics, and it can be taken off a list. We have no clue what's happened to these weapons. And this was done uh, with, with malice aforethought because it wasn't as if the people who provided the weapons to Ukraine didn't know what the reality was. They can't say this was a mistake. They did this knowing full well what the outcome was going to be because they were seeking a political um, you know, a, a moment where they could say, we are being strong, look how strong we are. But it wasn't a moment that had any geopolitical significance in terms of advancing their cause. It was a moment that gave them short-term political benefit for long-term political cost or, or real cost for the rest of the world. Sometimes, uh, like a, a glimpse of sunlight on a cloudy day, we read and see uh, a vision of, uh, of uh, President Macron. Uh, I appreciate that it's not often he looks like a ray of sunshine, but uh, one such glimpse was uh, yesterday or today in which he said, to my absolute astonishment, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. 
that we not only need a security architecture, which includes Russia, we have to address Russia's legitimate concern that NATO is turning up on Russia's doorstep with weapons systems, missiles on Russia's doorstep. This is the same President Macron who was in Washington last week meeting President Biden. Do you think he said the same thing to Biden or is it one thing for one audience, one thing for another? Well, one never knows with Macron because um, hey, um, Emmanuel, if you had had this same mindset back in December when Russia turned over a draft treaty to NATO for the consideration of all European members of NATO, including France, about the very issues you just addressed, had you shown this mindset then and said, we need to sit down with the Russians and address this issue, there would have been no war in Ukraine. Russia said, if you're willing to talk with us, this is how we want to solve the problem diplomatically. But if you ignore us, we'll have no choice but to go the military technical route. So why is Macron saying this now? Uh, he's saying it because he's waking up the reality that Russia is winning and is going to win, and there's nothing NATO can do to prevent this. So he's trying to create a framework for a negotiated settlement, but it's a discussion that's taking place internally within NATO. Um, Russia's not listening. Why would Russia ever listen to Emmanuel Macron again? Emmanuel Macron, France, was part of the Normandy format that was supposed to pressure Ukraine to implement the Minsk Accords. We now know, thanks to Petro Poroshenko and Angela Merkel, that Minsk was never intended to be implemented. It was always a vehicle to buy time for NATO to train a Ukrainian armed force to forcefully retake the Donbass and, and of course, according with their own fantasies, Crimea. And Macron was part of that. Macron and his diplomats stood face to face with their Russian counterparts in October of last year when the Russians pleaded for them to implement Minsk, that war could be avoided. And Macron said, no, we're not going to do that. So who knows what Emmanuel control, uh, uh, Macron's telling people? Did, what did he say to Biden? What's he saying today? He's a confused individual because he's on the wrong side of history and on the losing cause right now. And he's de desperate for a solution. But he needs to understand that in order for there to be a, a no negotiated agreement with Russia, Russia has to trust France. Russia will never trust France again, not as long as Emmanuel Macron is the president, because France has shown itself to be eminently untrustworthy, just like the UK has, just like Germany has, just like NATO has, just like the United States has. This is a conflict that will not be settled by negotiation, tragically. This is a conflict that will be settled on the battlefield, on the terms dictated by the victorious party, and that victorious party is going to be Russia. Scott, there's uh, a man called Ian Puddock, a big supporter of the show and a big supporter and admirer of yours. He sent us a question for you, a video one. Uh, bear with me while I uh, play it and uh, give us your answer, please. Mm -hmm. uh, let's hear from Ian Puddock. Uh, good evening, George. Good evening, Scott. Um, season's greetings and all that. Um, my question to Scott and George is Colonel McGregor has uh, talked about 
um, the plans of the US having a government in waiting to take over when obviously uh, Putin falls, the economy crashes, uh, we take over, divide up Russia, and obviously the oligarchs go back and uh, and start running the country. Um, will the, my question is to, to both of you, is do you honestly believe the American people would just put up with that or would accept that? Um, it's based on the history of America doing this to so many different countries and it never works, it always goes wrong. Uh, and there's never an exit strategy. Um, I would just love, love to know your thoughts. Obviously it's not gonna happen, fingers crossed. Cheers. Over, over to you, Scott. Uh, this is the kind of, um, Ian does a fair bit of work around the uh, Ministry of Defense and so on. Uh, this is the kind of scuttlebuck that he uh, picks up. For me, it shows the fantasy world in which these people are living in, but you may have a different view. Well, first of all, I want to compliment Ian on his uh, sartorial look. It's uh, it was very holiday-like, and uh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but uh, the question is, is, is actually founded um, in, in reality, and I don't mean reality as if what Colonel McGregor and others have spoken about is going to happen, but the reality that the policy being pushed by the Ukrainian government together with their MI6 and CIA controllers is a policy designed to create through information warfare because it's not going to happen on the ground. They, what they're looking for is to dishearten the Russian people, to demoralize the Russian people to such an extent that there will be meaningful domestic opposition to Vladimir Putin. Uh, there will be a Moscow Maidan. That's a term that is used by the Ukrainian government, a term that has been planted in Ukrainian government by MI6. This is a British con uh, concept. The Moscow Maidan, where the Russian people rise up together with oligarchs and other Solovki men of power who are frustrated by Vladimir Putin's impotence as a leader. So they're going to remove him and then replace him with something. And so the idea is that the CIA and the British are waiting in the wings with this government in exile, hand-picked people that are already in Moscow. Now understand what we're saying here. To accept this at face value, you have to believe that the CIA and the British have the ability to have a government in waiting in Moscow, which means there is no security service in Russia, Putin's that much incompetent, they're planting this idea, not for you and I to have this conversation, but for Russians to sit there and start calling each other up going, man, is this real? Is Putin that weak? Uh, is, uh, is the, is, are the Americans and the British there? And to create, because Putin's riding high on, on a, a you know, wave of approval. And the idea is to create through information warfare, a mechanism that brings him down, that lowers the approval rate to make this happen. It is 100% pure fantasy, so much so that I believe a State Department official came out just the other day and said there's no indication that um, the, the 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 Putin government is uh, you know on the verge of being overthrown through popular discontent. It's 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 not going to happen. But for a while, that was the that's the whole purpose of you know when you turn on your computer in the morning, uh, all the stories that scroll out. You know, Vladimir Putin dying of cancer, drop the pen, shaky Jake can't walk. Um, the Russian military, incompetent, retreating, deserting, crying for mama. The Russian generals committing suicide, dying, Russian equipment breaking. Ukrainians are the strongest, most virile men in the world. Uh, 
and you read all this stuff and you're going, whoa. And it's not, again, for us. The Russians are some of the most internet savvy people in the world. They are plugged in to all this. They're watching this program. They watch every program. And the idea by flooding the, 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 the field, so to speak, with this disinformation is to sow seeds of doubt amongst the Russians. But when you're that internet savvy, you know, th these aren't children. They're not going to take your candy. These are adults who recognize exactly what's going on. And it's, it has backfired. Vladimir Putin today is as has very solid support. Uh, his policies are generally approved, especially when it comes to this war. And there's no chance. Uh, you can take a snowball and throw it in a fireplace, and that snowball has a better chance of surviving than this, policy, this, this fantasy has of becoming truth. Well, as you and I both know, uh, no names, no pack drill. Uh, our intelligence services are more Austin Powers than James Bond, as is demonstrated over decades. Scott Ritter, a phenomenal interview that will fly far, I predict. Thanks for joining us on the mother of all talk shows. Much uh, appreciated. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 